Hi. Welcome to this episode of Creepy Encounters. Scary Dating App Experience. Story by Cybergit. I've had pretty scary dating app experiences. One with a guy who looked nothing like the pictures, he used college day photos, his home also looked like a torture house, ripped walls, window bars, and him making some really weird faces. The sexual questions, was where I ran for it, blocked after the red flags. Anyways. There's a girl I met a long while ago, it never really got off my mind, because of how strange she was. She and I met through a dating app, but while talking, she seemed interested, exchanged phone numbers, and immediately chatted over the phone. Except, she barely talked, if like ever. It was always like one or two words lol. That made me a little uncomfortable, laughing it off was really all I could do. Well, I was like, yeah, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And that's like where she tells me to stop. So uh, I did and was hoping she would talk more about herself. Nope, it was just silence. Good God, I must not be in the right mind either, but I was like, let's face time. Because I was starting to question if she was the girl in the PFP or not. Shockingly, she did and it was her. Never seen such an expressionless face in my life though. She looked like there was not a pounce of emotions in her. Lol. I don't think I've ever met anyone like that before. Anyways, I just go on to say how shocking it was because I wasn't really thinking she'd be the person on the PFP because of how pretty she looked. She looked really tired though, I could literally see the white portion of her bottom eye. She remained silent, which made it feel like uh there was no progress. So I asked her what she does for fun. She tells me she likes to wait for the rain to come, so she could sit there and stare out at it. What a huge red flag. I mean, not that it's inherently a bad thing to do, but the overall vibe was so off. Then I literally sit there in silence, expecting her to talk, 10 minutes go by. I compliment her piercing. I receive no response. I just hang up on her because I'm at the point where I'm like this is just weird. She calls me back immediately, like WTF. Then asks me why I left her like that. I'm like, I barely know about you, there's really no good communication here. So. Yeah. And as expected, silence. So I just remind her, oh there it is again. And she laughs at me. Her laugh wasn't even a laugh, more of a weird short sarcastic one. Started to make me question her sanity or intention. I honestly think she was possibly trolling. Anyways, she finally talks a little bit about her life. It was short, but she lives alone, doesn't really like to talk, no shit, and never had an interest in relationships, dating-wise. I was cheering, telling her how happy I was that she said a full sentence. I know that's so rude to say, but oh my god, I have better conversations with Siri and Alexa. She tells me to shut up, which was shocking, which I laughed at. She asked me if I had any hobbies. I told her I love art, cooking and old movies. She said she loved horror movies. And. She loved collecting knives. After switching to FaceTime. Oh lord, she had some giantess knives and I was just like. WTF. I happily told her I thought it was awesome. Because it was progress. Low-key terrified. Then silence. I swear to god her stare was cold and just creepy. So I told her, I had work at 5am, a fake excuse, and said I had to leave. She told me to don't, so I told her I needed to. So I wished her good night and left the call. Literally WTF? Then I get a text from her at 5am, which I missed because I slept through. I texted back and asked if she slept she told me she had insomnia and didn't sleep. I then get a phone call from her, which I answered. Wishing her a good morning and asking how her day went, 
she was quiet. I asked her if she muted herself, and she just says no. I asked her what she thinks about me. She tells me, she doesn't know. So I asked her what should I get to eat. She says, nothing. So I just awkwardly laugh it off. Then I ask her if she met anyone else on the app we met on after our chat. She says no, she told me they were all old. I laughed and told her I'm sorry to hear that. I still remember her showing me her knife collection I remember one of them was a kitchen knife. Anyways, I'm literally talking to myself, hoping she says something. And as expected, nothing. I'm literally awkwardly holding the phone in silence. Then I hear her singing, she actually had a nice voice and I just cheer and tell her how happy I am. Just pure silence afterward. She then asks me why I'm not at work. I told her, I decided to skip. She says something that catches me off guard ah, for me? I told her hell no, and she calls me a bitch ong somewhat funny considering she barely talks. Anyways, I tolerated her silence for like two more days before blocking her. Did I dodge a possible psycho? I think yes. I could have been one of Epstein's victims. Story by Deleted. I was watching the Jeffrey Epstein doc on Netflix last night and I'm spooked. Literally had a mini panic attack with all these memories flooding in. As I'm laying in bed watching, a girl's face flashes across the screen and I recognized one of his victims as one of my really good childhood friends. I don't know if it belongs in this subreddit, but here's my story. I've lived in South Florida almost all my life with my crazy controlling parents that wouldn't let me do anything as a kid. No phone calls to friends, no extracurricular activities unless it was academic, couldn't have friends over and you can forget about me going over to anyone's house. Plus, my dad worked at my school during my elementary school years so I had to be on my best behavior. So, when I went to middle school. I was so fucking pumped. Finally some type of freedom, my personality started to shine, and making friends came easy for me. Fast forward to a year in and I had become really good friends with these two girls, we can call them Heather and Sharon. They were both pretty, popular, and friendly but what fascinated me most was that Heather was the only girl in middle school that I knew that was able to sleep over a boy's house. It was something so foreign to me since my parents told me I couldn't even go on a date with a boy until after I graduated, high school or college? They didn't specify. So I automatically thought she was the coolest chick I've ever met. Throughout our friendship, we were known as the tripod. We had all the same classes and lunch periods so we all got pretty close. Over time, Heather would always ask me to hang out with her and Sharon either after school or on the weekends, but with my parents, there was no way in hell. I did attempt multiple times to ask for the permission with no success each time, not even a maybe. I was so bummed because I always felt left out having Heather and Sharon hang out without me. Something I would eventually become grateful for. One day while sitting out in the courtyard for lunch, Heather pulled me aside and asked what I thought about skipping school for one day. I instantly freaked and thought about that automated message the school calls home with to let your parents know you weren't at school, if my parents ever got that, my ass would be toast. So I shut that idea down right away, and kinda laughed it off because there would be no way to pull it off. But she literally would not stop asking, so eventually she convinced me and we were ready to start the planning. It took us about a week every day, during lunch trying to figure out to how to pull this off, the thrill of it had me so excited as I've never done anything like this. The plan was to have my mom drop me off at school as usual and have the girls there waiting for me and we would simply just walk off to the gas station that's near the school and have one of Heather's friends pick us up, not sure how I planned on dodging the school call but whatever. Oh and I forgot to add, Heather made it a point several times to remind me that I need to wear something that would give me an innocent look. I blew this off because I was already 13 years old, I looked innocent enough. The plan goes smoothly and we are walking to the gas station, 
but as we're walking, Heather's cell phone is blowing up. Like constant phone calls and texts coming through, each one she answers just meet us at the gas station like we usually do. At this point, I'm confused because I thought it was supposed to be the tripod hanging out for the day. As we get closer to the gas station, I see a group of like 7 other girls standing there and they're around my same age range, 12 to 14 years old, some girls I've seen around the school, others I don't recognize but they all perk up when they see Heather walk up. All of a sudden Heather yells who's ready to make some mana ai? And almost all the girls raise their hands and start cheering. I grabbed Sharon and asked her what she was talking about. And the look that Sharon gave me is one I'll never forget, it was like she was saying get out now while you can. It just made me very uncomfortable and she never ended up saying anything. It was just weird, a big group of young girls who should be in school just hanging at a gas station. As we're standing there, two black Lincoln Town cars pull up and make a sudden stop right in front of us. Heather starts numbering the girls and tells the first group to get in the first car, and as they do, the car speeds away. The other one slowly rolls the window down, and I see this older man with sunglasses on just sitting there smiling. He asks if we're ready to go to the mansion, which excites the two other girls standing behind me. He opens the door and they both jump in, followed by Sharon, Heather is standing next to me and nudges me to go on but as she does. I start going off on her, asking her what the hell is going on, where are we going, who is this man and why didn't she mention this in any of her plans. She's looking almost annoyed at me and says out of all the girls I bring, you're the only one that's giving me a problem. I thought you would want to get out and finally have some fun. And with your body, you could make a killing. At the time, I was so naive I didn't know exactly what she meant but by the tone of her voice and how pressured she was making me feel. I ended up backing out and running back to school. As embarrassed as I felt for bailing on my friends, I feared my mom and her belt a lot more plus, going off in a car with someone I've never met screamed stranger danger. I am so grateful that my parents put that fear in me or else I don't know if I would have made that smart decision. After that, I barely hung out with Heather again. She tried a few more times but I just got bad vibes from her and cut her off but I always saw her randomly walk out of school toward the gas station, always with a group of girls. Sharon on the other hand, she started to spiral into depression slowly, she would only hang out with Heather and would cling to her like a lost puppy. I noticed she would miss school more frequently, until one day she just stopped coming altogether. Years later I found out she committed suicide and recently. After watching the doc, I'm convinced she was one of Jeffrey Epstein's victims and Heather was one of his recruiters. Edit, should have mentioned this happened in 2004 in West Palm Beach. I reached out to the only childhood friend I stay in contact with and she confirmed that it was in fact my friend with whom we went to middle school within that documentary. Since this morning, I've contacted a friend who's in law enforcement to see if I could speak with someone about what I know. Even the little information I have could help out in some way. As for Sharon, I never met anyone in her family or had any contact information as I was on major lockdown back then and this was 16 years ago. Still trying to track them down to see if they knew about any of this, it could help explain why she might have taken her life, I'll keep you updated. The man I saw through my night vision scope. Story by Perpetual Connection. I'm a hunter, I like to hunt wild boar specifically. Though I have been deer hunting and have been known to get a turkey for Thanksgiving I mostly hunt boar. For those of you that don't know, Boar is a big problem in the United States. A sow can have two litters a year and it's not uncommon for a litter to consist of 10 or more pigs. Given that pigs eat anything and everything it's not hard to see why the Department of Fish and Wildlife makes it legal to hunt them with almost no restrictions. In my state, it's illegal to hunt most large mammals with a night or thermal vision scopes, with the exception of boar and coyote. I've been saving for a year, mostly fun money. 
It's hard to explain to your wife that a scope that costs literally twice as much as the rifle I was mounting it on was worth it. But I did it, I took it to a range and sighted it in. There was an area that was peppered with boar activity that I knew would be perfect for a night hunt. It was easily accessible with my truck with easy-to-find spots that I could set up in that overlooked a large easy-to-navigate clearing. The night started uneventful, mostly me tinkering with my new toy, cycling through the settings. I was a little impatient, I'd spotted multiple deer but they were out of season and like I mentioned earlier, my current setup wasn't legal for deer. I moved to another spot I'd seen days earlier that probably wasn't much better than my first but it gave me something to do and a new angle to look around with my new scope. After an hour or so of glassing the area, it dawned on me. This spot doesn't have much animal activity at all, no rabbits or owls, and the deer that I'd seen were hundreds of yards from where I was. Why was this pocket of land so dead at night but lively in the day? I'd set up around 10pm and it was about 2am when I started to think about packing up, maybe setting up a target before I left, and taking some practice shots. I heard a crunch come from the direction I came from before. I panned my scope over and saw the silhouette of a small bear pushing through the bushes. It's important to note that my scope isn't exactly night vision. It's a thermal scope, kind of like a black and white version of what you see in the Predator movies. I adjusted my range and zoomed in a little. I remember jolting a little when I saw that it wasn't really a bear, it was a man. Because he was so low and hunched over I thought I was looking at a young bear. Is that a game warden? It couldn't be, I would have seen the headlights coming up the road from where I was perched. And where could he have walked from? I was 30 miles away from anything and on public lands. I was about to call out when I adjusted my sights and noticed, he was naked. No shoes, pants, or anything. I remember being disturbed by his movements, like a squirrel or something. Twitchy and grabbing at the foliage, sniffing around and palming the tree. Was that my tree? The one I'd been leaning against earlier? The thought terrified me, could he smell me? Then he did something I still have nightmares about today. He squatted and placed his hands in the dirt between his feet and stared straight up like a dog mid-howl. And I heard it, a voice coming from that direction, a very compelling female voice. Help. I'm lost. There was a long pause but neither of us moved a muscle. The center of my sights was trained at the dirt in front of his feet, I couldn't bring myself to aim directly at another person, it went against everything I'd been taught about firearms. Were they lost? Was this some guy that had gone crazy out here? Why was his voice so feminine? Help. Please. I can't walk. The voice called out. That's when I called bullshit. Not only could he walk, but when I first saw him he was traversing the land with ease for a naked person, so good I mistook him for a bear. That's a fucking trap, this guy is trying to lure me to him with a damsel in distress routine. Luckily the lack of activity before had caused me to pack up most of my gear. I think I may have left behind a hat and a sitting pad but I didn't give a shit at that moment. I took my eyes off him for a moment to get my pack on. I buckled my chest strap and scrambled for my rifle. To my horror, he was in the same position but his face was staring in my direction and I swear I saw the smile, the thermal scope has an effect that makes the animal's eyes appear white. How the hell had he heard me get up and put my gear on? He must have easily been 150 yards away. Fuck off. I screamed in that direction. He stood upright and it hit me how tall and skinny he was. Easily six feet and very lean. He took a couple of long strides in my direction and I instinctively sent a round sailing above his head into the tree line. He was freaky as hell but he hadn't really threatened me, what would I tell the cops? I was unwilling and unready to shoot someone. He stopped dead in his tracks and hunched down on all fours. The next one will fuck you up. Go away. 
He stayed on all fours and this time I had my sights trained on the center of him. His eyes were just above the grass like a large cat or something. I was trying to stop my trembling and knew that my voice had cracked a little on that last warning. I was terrified, that standoff probably only lasted a minute or two, maybe less, but it felt like forever. In an instant, he bolted left towards the tree line opposite the road. So much for not being able to walk, I could barely keep him in my scope he was moving so fast. He disappeared into the brush and I sent another bullet sailing high in his direction. I racked another round and tried to pocket that mag and swap for a fresh one, but I dropped it and didn't bother looking for it. I wasn't far from my truck and I wanted to get out of there. I could hear him in the distance, yelling in this weird sound that could have been a laugh or a cry. I scrambled up the trail and arrived at my truck breathless. I tossed my gear into the cab but kept the rifle in the passenger seat and sped off. For the longest time, I told that story from the perspective of having spotted some deranged crackhead living off the land like some kind of caveman. I reported it to Fish and Game but all they did was scold me for hunting at night alone, never received an update. It wasn't until I told this story on a camping trip that my nephew told me about Wendigos, Rakes, and Skinwalkers. My story scared the piss out of him because the spot we were camping was technically the same forest I'd seen the bastard. Just 50 miles east of it. He was so spooked his mom, my cousin, had to take him home, she was really pissed. I've gone down the rabbit hole one these scary stories, I'm not saying what I saw definitely was a Wendigo or a skinwalker. I'm saying that if such a thing exists, I may have dodged quite the bullet that night. Or maybe it was just a tweaker being Donnie Thornberry in the middle of the night. Either way, thought I'd share. Edit, believe what you like. These are events as I recall them. And no, I'm not a writer. Thank you for listening to these creepy encounters with me. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you on the next episode. Till then, have an amazing day.